Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. What time is it? 12.52? Okay. All right. We're getting into the afternoon, huh? Um, listen, uh, full disclosure, we are about to talk about the United States Senate. Uh, as I was before the break, well, we're going to be talking uh, about uh, the position and the words of uh, Utah's junior senator, Mitt Romney, here uh, in just a moment. I'm joined by uh, KSL News Radio's Dave Noriega. You hear him uh, every morning at 9 alongside Debbie Dejanovic. Uh, but what I need to disclose is, of course, that I, in uh, about a week and a half's time, uh, first off, I'll be leaving KSL. Boo. And uh, I'm sorry, man. Boo. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. We, we we can talk through it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be saying goodbye to to you and my coworkers here. It breaks my heart, but uh, we've been saying goodbye now for about two weeks. So uh, you know we're a little we're we're we were calloused over. Uh, we, we can accept what's coming. And then my next chapter uh, will be a return to Washington D.C. I'll be working in the office of uh, Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee. And uh, and so I just want to, when we talk about Senate stuff, especially when it has to do with Utah, just know. Uh, just know where I am right now and where I'll be in, in, in a short time. Just want to be fully uh, upfront and disclose all that before we dive into uh, this conversation here, which has to do with Senator Mitt Romney in a, a Senate committee hearing just yesterday where he was speaking uh, with uh, the the education secretary who for a long time, if I remember correctly, was uh, a superintendent of a school district in the San Diego area. The topic of conversation had to do with, or at least during this portion of the hearing, had to do with uh, whether or not schools uh, ought be open. Are we at a point in our battle against this nasty virus uh, that schools can safely reopen? Uh, you'll remember uh, you and I together discovered that uh, in the you know in the behind the scenes background research paperwork that led to that CDC recommendation of uh, I, I believe late last week. Uh, letting it be known that, you know, schools can probably get those desks a little bit closer to one another. Six feet, well, that was good uh, when we didn't know much, but we know much more now. And three feet is really all that's necessary. They learned that by studying Utah schools. Yeah, they looked at about 20 schools here in Utah, found that these youngsters, when sitting an average of three feet apart, were not transmitting this virus to one another or the teachers. Remarkably compelling information. Anyway, I bring that all up because uh, Utah has been looked upon as really an example. If we see uh, the the broad rollout, which commenced just yesterday, of eligibility for those 16-plus, if we look at the study I just mentioned, and if we look at, uh, you know, 
I, I know Salt Lake City School District kind of trailed behind in this, but reopening the schools to some some version of face-to-face education. Uh, you know, we've had our gripes here, but if you take a step back and look at how Utah has fared and reacted across the country, we've done pretty well. We've done relatively well. In my humble opinion, the goal is five days a week in the classroom all day long and start to phase out this remote stuff. Uh, but uh, as we make our way there, know that we are much further ahead uh, than, than a lot of the, the rest of the country. In fact, I think it's only 18% right now. 18% of the country has schools that are open five days a week and students are in the classroom every day. Uh, we're not quite there from uh, border to border here in the state of Utah, but we're closer to that goal than much of the rest of the country. Uh, Dave Norega joins me now. Uh, let's go back to the, the Senate hearing. What, uh, what, what was Senator Romney's point? What was he communicating? Ultimately, if we are going to follow the science... And that has been the bell that has been rung for the better part of a year. Follow the science. Follow the science. Follow the science. He's asking, why aren't you following the science? Yeah, right. It is remarkably safe to go to school. In fact, he even said this whole hybrid schedule where you spend a day at home and then spend a day at school and you kind of alternate back and forth, he said, uh, they've read studies and seen studies that say that's even more dangerous. Uh, I've also seen research that says we're better to have schools open entirely as opposed to a hybrid system on a couple of days, off a couple of days, because uh, the back and forth means more exposure to more people. Uh, being full-time school would be less exposure. So I, I'm, I'm wondering why it is we still have schools closed in your district and around the, the country uh, given the fact that, that scientific data doesn't suggest that there's an additional risk for teachers or students or the community by having them open. And in my district, the Davis School District, that's what we did. We did the hybrid schedule, one of the few districts in the state that uh, did a hybrid schedule. We didn't see any difference once we returned to four days a week. Uh, oh, it was wow. very nominal. Hold on a second. You said return to four days a week. Was Davis four days a week before uh, the plague showed up? No, we were we were a hybrid schedule right out of the gates. So no, no, my, I'm sorry. Before 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 no. before old Aunt Rona showed up. No, uh, we were five days. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess return to four days. Uh, we are four days right now. So I, I look at it. I think it's been great. It's been very very good. One of the things that we've learned, and I think what the rest of the country can look at is our test to stay program. Oh. It's the best program out there, and what it says is once you start seeing this influx in cases and once you start seeing kids coming down, our threshold is 1%. If 1% of the school gets sick, then they'll close it for two weeks unless you test to stay, which is where they come in and they test the entire school, at least 80% of the school. Everyone that tests negative gets to stay at school. Everyone that tests positive, you're home for two weeks. And you keep 2,000 kids going to school every single day. Sure. Uh, we have just a, a minute left, but there was a, an element to the back and forth between the senator and the secretary that uh, discussed school unions, teachers unions. Uh, what was that conversation? That the pressure is obviously not coming from anywhere else other than the special interest groups, Sure, the teachers unions. And even here in Utah, you saw the UEA, they were very, very aggressive and Uh, pushing for teacher safety, as they should. That's their job. I have no problem with that. Uh, But they were very hesitant. We talked to them several times where they just said, we don't know enough. 
And quite frankly, we didn't. We didn't know what was going to happen right. when we returned 2,000 kids in high school together. And there was going to be gatherings and there was going to be busy hallways and they weren't going to be able to separate. There was a lot we didn't know. But that excuse is out the window. We know we now. We know now. 100%. And we've studied it not just in the abstract far away, but right here in Utah schools. Dave Moriega, thanks so much, buddy. You bet. We'll talk again soon. Uh, quick break. When we return, we're going to uh, set our sights on the southern border. It was announced, as you know, just yesterday that Vice President Kamala Harris will be the – did she get a title? Is it uh, Southern Border Czar? She's in charge of the – okay. All right, we'll get into those details. We'll see what uh, President Joe Biden named her and the responsibilities he handed her just yesterday. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.